0: Good morning, siblings. Today's readings are Deuteronomy chapters 11 through 13. I can't think of a better way to begin my day than reading the word of our precious Father with you. I'm sipping on my first cup of coffee, so grab yours and let's dive in. Rabbit trails. Deuteronomy 11.1 1 answers the question, What do we do when we love Yahweh? You shall therefore love Yahweh your God and keep his charge, his statutes, his rules, and his commandments always. Remember what Yahweh's love language is? Obedience. As parents, surely we can understand that. The father goes on to recount some of the many things he has done for Israel up until this point. It is so important that we remember and retell his miracles often. If we keep the biblical feast, we will end up doing just that. It is tragic that we need reasons to obey the Father, but in His grace, He still offers them up throughout the Word. We will see multiple reasons today. One of them is Deuteronomy 11.8, where it tells us that if we keep all the commandments, we will be strong. But be sure you read it in all the context. I want to talk about the Hebrew word that is translated as strong. The transliterated word is hazak. This word means to grow strong or be strengthened. Rock Hazak Amatz is the battle cry of ancient Hebrews. It translates to strength and courage for the glory of Yahweh. There's a wonderful video someone put together explaining this that really emboldens the hearer. I will put it at the end of this post because once you watch that, you won't be able to focus on the rest of my notes. Deuteronomy eleven nineteen repeats again about how we are to continually be discussing the commandments, teaching them diligently, and having them be part of every moment of our lives. But can we even name them? Remember, the first four instruct us on how to love Yahweh, and the last six instruct us on how to love our neighbors. It's been so exciting over the years of doing this Bible study to see how many people decide to write them on their doorpost after we talk about it. Blessings and Curses Deuteronomy 11, 26-28 reads, See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of Yahweh your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of Yahweh your God, but turn aside from the way I'm commanding you today, to go after other gods that you've not known. Blessings and Curses, both set before us, ours to choose. So, how do we choose the blessings? By following the teachings and wisdom of our Father, plain and simple. If we revere Him, love Him, and truly consider Him to be our God, then we will put our faith in Him and choose His ways over our own. It's not enough to simply hear. It's about hearing and doing. Shema. Sometimes this is scary. Oftentimes, it's new to us. All of the time, it will look different from the world. We will even experience some rejection by that world. Do you know why? Because we can't serve two masters. We can't be favored by the world and favored by Yahweh at the same time. Lukewarm doesn't cut it. There's no in-between. James 4, four says, Friendship with the world is hostility towards God. It is interesting to note that when we live in open rebellion against Yahweh, many of these curses end up being self-inflicted. Turn that over in your mind a bit. In my own sphere of people, I've seen generations follow generations of adultery, alcoholism, and curse after curse beyond that. They live it. They inadvertently teach it to their children, and it is all they know because they are gods in their own world and do not submit to any other. It is a tragedy of generational proportions. Deuteronomy 13 test. In Deuteronomy 13, we are given a way to test prophets and teachings to discern if they can be trusted. There are three factors to this. Do they contradict the word of Yahweh, which is a person dreams dreams or makes predictions that may come true, but then they use this to try to get folks to go after other gods? Does the person teaching or prophesying lead his or her family astray? Do they try to entice a family member to go after other gods? And do they lead others to worship false gods? Not necessarily an obvious god, but the result is the same. It may not necessarily be an obvious god. Essentially, if a prophet, teacher, or teaching rises up that leads people away from Yahweh or his word, they are to be avoided and not found among us. This is why it's so important to know the Word of the Father if we are to represent Him. Due to lack of foundational Scripture knowledge, the current popular misrepresentations of Messiah do not pass the Deuteronomy 13 test for those who know Scripture, and this includes our Jewish brethren. So, I want to be clear. Yeshua, known as Jesus to most, is the Messiah. There's no question about that. But when we don't know scripture, and we say that Messiah did way with the Father's teachings when he himself stated that not one jot or tittle would pass away, we have contradicted the word of Yahweh and attributed this contradiction to the Messiah. The same is true when we say he replaced the Ten Commandments with just love your neighbor. If we want to believe that, that's our prerogative. But we must be eternally cautious when attributing things like this to the Messiah, because doing so we'll have eternal ramifications. Does Messiah pass the Deuteronomy 13 test? Without a doubt, absolutely. Does a popular misrepresentation of Messiah in the world today pass it? No. And the problem is that those who do not know Messiah are not reading the words he spoke in the Bible. They're reading the actions and words of those who claim to represent him. This has become an important test to hold up to new beliefs, leaders, etc. This test has been used for centuries to discern between what is of Yahweh and what is not, and the results have sometimes been surprising. Basically, if it leads you away from Yahweh or tries to convince you not to follow Yahweh's teachings and commandments, it's not Yahweh. Now, we are saved by grace alone through faith in Messiah. But once that happens, there's a learning and a turning to do. The fruits of the spirit bursting forth. Here's the video I told you about. Sit down and really focus on when you watch it, if at all possible. Watch it to the end because we'll reference this again in our readings. You obey and Yahweh wins. Test everything. Hold tight to what is good. 1 Thessalonians five twenty one. We are saved by grace alone. Obedience is not the root of our salvation, but it is the fruit. May Yahweh bless the reading of His word. I love y'all. Bye bye.